Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, hello and welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. I'm your good friend, Jason Heine, hanging out with you. It's December 6th, 2020, and it is exactly 10 o'clock a.m. in the morning. It's so good to have you. Thanks for kicking it with me. Uh, we're going to pop on over to the webcam. Yes, that is right. And folks, if you're looking into the video feed on YouTube, you're going to notice I'm wearing a robe. That's right. I got this robe from my mother uh, damn near 15 years ago at this point. It is a very warm robe, and I love it. And uh, since it's still morning time and it's winter time, I decided to put it on. Why? Because it's effing cold. Yes, it even gets cold down here in the desert. So what if 40 is freezing cold to me, okay? My blood has thinned. I've, I've been in the desert for, for a while. <laughs> but it's good to have you. I uh, hope your December is going very well. This is episode 72. Mind you, 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Live at gmail.com. If you want to send over voicemails uh, and questions, I can play them on the air. Just record yourself. You can do all that. Heinehouse.com is the website. And of course, get at me everywhere on social media. At Heinehouse. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm looking at my notes from my, my intro that I haven't done in a while. So figure I'd just run through it. Uh, of course, the show is completely supported by all of the amazing people you see right here on your screen. Thank you to all of those that support on patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Give it up. Thank you. Thank you for an amazing year. I appreciate and love you all. Ground floor, main floor, and game lofters. Thank you. I have three different tiers, three different stuff there. So feel free to check it out. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. And of course, finally... You have a smart device in your house. I know you do. This was the year of smart devices. I think a lot of people picked up smart devices. Um, I don't want to say them because I don't want to trigger any of them, of course. But uh, the Amazon one and the Google A one. Uh, but, you know, you also have uh, your, your, your smartphones that you can ask to do things, too. Um, so, you know, ask them to play the most recent podcast and uh, watch what happens. Play that Heine House Gaming and Tech podcast. Just ask it and watch what it does. It's pretty cool. And of course, HeineHouse.com is the website. Um, I have a bunch of gaming news in this episode to talk about. We're kind of in a transition period. Um, a few months ago, we talked about how gaming, you know, a lot of video games are being released. And and last episode was great. We talked about uh, launch titles, and that was really fun. I, I went back and re-listened to the whole episode and really enjoyed it. It was fun. Really, really fun. Um, so we're kind of in this transition period as far as gaming is concerned because a lot of games are being released or have already been released. You know, they're trying to get, um, you know, the uh, the holiday uh, marketing, you know, to, to, to be released. This is the time for gaming. Now, tech as well. There are some stuff that gets released in tech. However... This is kind of a, a slow period, uh, I feel. Um, not necessarily has it been slow in the past. I feel like we had a lot of tech come out around November, December, but I feel like it's a little slower. I mean, yeah, yeah, we just got the new iPhone that just came out or whatever, but I mean, it's, it's kind of always been the same stable iPhone. You know what I mean? So not super, like, I don't want to go in depth about all that. Um, so w my point on this is that I was looking for tech articles and there's not a whole lot of like newsworthy tech stuff going on. And that's just the way that it is. But we'll talk about some gaming. There are some news. I do have some stuff. And then we have some voicemails at the end. 
I think I have two or three voicemails. So we'll we'll jump in and have some fun there. Um, so we talked about this last year. Super Nintendo Land. Remember this? Super Nintendo Land, Universal Studios in Japan. Uh, they made a post this week saying that it's almost ready to go. In fact, it's pretty much ready to go. It's all built out. Uh, Universal Studios in Japan have announced an opening date for its long-awaited Nintendo-themed area. The Super Nintendo Land Zone will open uh, February 4th, 2021. That's just a few months away, three months away. That's pretty awesome. Um, and in fact, that's a little earlier than originally expected. Remember, uh, I think it was just last month where they were talking about spring next year. So they've they've pushed that up. And we should be able to uh, enjoy that February 4th, 2021. Um yeah, really cool, really cool. And this is the the really the first of its kind to have a Nintendo themed park anywhere, which is I mean, there's Nintendo World Store, which is amazing. I've been there with Steph. We visited there maybe five or six years ago. At this point, it was a lot of fun, but not an actual theme park type thing. I guess I call it a theme park, but it's very very cool. Um, they've also provided details as to. Uh, what is sure to be one of the park's flagship attractions. That is a Mario Kart-themed roller coaster. Uh, it's housed inside a reconstructed Bowser's Castle and makes use of augmented reality, AR, uh, and projection mapping technology with riders doing a wearing AR headsets shaped like Mario's cap. The cars themselves have steering wheels and multiple vehicles can race alongside each other, but it sounds like the ride itself is pretty much on rails. It's not even guaranteed you're going to win in the race, too, because there's elements of throwing power-ups from item boxes and so forth. Uh, it's going to be awesome. You're going to get a different experience every time you ride it, according to Universal Studios Japan. I actually have a couple of screenshots, so you guys can see this. Check this out. Check this out. Top picture there is the actual cart. So it looks like a, a, a good old-fashioned Mario Kart from like Mario Kart 8 or whatever. And then uh, they seat like four people. You put on the headset. There's the Mario Cap augmented reality. And then they race around. And uh, yeah, I bet you that is going to be a blast. I would love to try that. Love to try that. And I love the maps too. The, the AR headsets look cool. Really, really cool. February. Don't have to wait too long. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not planning on traveling to Japan anytime soon. But hey, you know, down the road, I think we can get, we can get that going. Speaking of Mario, we got we have another another crazy expensive oh gosh, excuse me. Another crazy expensive game that sold. Are you ready for this? A different Super Mario Bros. game now holds the title for the most expensive game ever sold. <clears throat> let me just uh let me just prepare myself for this. A sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. 3 on NES has sold for $156,000. What? Bruh. Super Mario Bros. 3 now holds, this particular game now holds the title of the most expensive game ever sold. Last year, after a sealed copy of 1990, uh, where it was sold, it started, oh, sorry. This copy, not, not last year's copy, this copy started at $62,500. That was the starting bid, and it went all the way up to 156000 20 unique bidders were involved in the auction. That means there's 20 people 
with this kind of money out there for these video games. That's insane. That's a lot. I feel like that's a lot. Uh, back in July, there was one like this, Super Mario Bros. 3, that sold for 114000 I think I reported on that as well. So now we have this one at 156000 You may be wondering, well, what is the deal? Why is this so expensive and why did it fetch so much? According to Heritage Auctions, it's the auction house that sold it, the game's record-breaking price came down to a couple of factors. First, it was of the very rare, relatively rare box design which has the word bros and Super Mario Bros, the bottom, covering up Mario's hand slightly. Uh, I I'm not sure if it was a printing error or just something they overlooked at the time, but it was corrected in later revisions. So this is a rare box. Number one, it's a rare box. And number two comes down to the condition of this game. The condition of this game is rated a 9.2A plus rating, which is a very, very high rating. 10 is the highest it goes. They rate the box and the wrapping as well. So the quality of the game and the rare box art variant is what got it uh, to where it is today. The game that sold last July for uh, 114000 was rated a 9.0A. So this is 9.2 A plus. Very, very cool. I actually have, I have a picture of the box art. So you can see it right there. This is the exact game, 9.2 A plus. There it is. And you can see the bros text is on top of, the layer is on top of Mario's hand. And later, I think it was, it was changed. I believe it was, shit, do I have, I thought I had a cop. No, not here. Um, I believe the bros was was shrunk and put so that it wasn't uh, over his hand. So, yeah, variant. People go crazy with this variant stuff. But, uh, yeah, very, very cool to see. I mean, imagine that. Imagine that buying this back in the in the 90s, which just came out in, what, 90? Did it? I think it came out in 90. Think about buying it factory sealed, right? And then... Just like either it was stored somewhere or, I mean, like, I don't know. Who had who had the vision to do that? It's very rare. Very, very rare. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, some James Bond news. Did you hear about um, the Hitman developers, IO Interactive, IOI? They're working on a new James Bond game. Pretty cool. IO Interactive developers behind Hitman is working on a James Bond video game. Announced earlier this week. News came with a short teaser trailer. It's basically just like the intro of every James Bond film ever going down the gun barrel and all that. They're calling it Project 007. That's that's just um, working title. Um, coming to console and computers near you. It says the Danish studio is best known for the stealth series Hitman and third person shooter, third person shooter Kane and Lynch games. They said, quote, this is a wholly original Bond story exclusive as a video game. The game is currently active development. Uh, they also prepared a statement saying it's the most ambitious game in the history of their studio. So even more ambitious than Hitman. Well, I like Hitman. I think it's a really cool uh, story-driven stealth type of a game. So I'm very excited. I wonder if they're going to adapt Bond into that type of uh, ecosystem. I mean, they must. Very, very cool. Very cool stuff. Hey, uh, if you're interested in going to PAX 
at all conventions. You know, conventions were hit hard during this time, during this year, obviously, for for obvious reasons. But uh, PAX did make an optimistic announcement on the date to reopen in 2021. Now, before you start going crazy, they are they are definitely saying, look, this is optimistic. And all we're saying is that we want to come back as soon as possible, but we are not going to jeopardize safety. That's number one. So first of all, before the pitchforks come out, uh, organizers acknowledge that this date is optimistic and scheduled shows ultimately may not come to pass, but said that they are announcing dates now to help planning with the start of the convention scene in order to bring attendees, panelists, exhibitors, live music, and all that together. Quote, let's just say the quiet part out loud, they said. If COVID-19 remains a major barrier to safety gathering uh, at one of our shows, we will not take part. We will not have the show. Uh, they said they'll make it virtual if that's the case. As much as we miss and even crave the togetherness and magic of PAX, we will not put attendings, attendees, exhibitors, or our guests at risk for the sake of an event uh, if things are not on the up and up, they said. So cool. So here's what's planned. PAX East, June 3rd through 6th. This is 2021. PAX West, September 3rd through 6th, 2021. PAX Australia, more info coming soon, it says. PAX Unplugged, December 10th through the 12th. PAX South uh, will take place in 2021, but will uh, will not take place in 2021, but will return in 2022. And PAX Australia, they said, is being worked on, and they'll announce information on that at a later date. So very cool. Yeah, I mean, I have very fond and close memories with PAX, uh, PAX West up in Seattle. Love PAX, man. So many great memories with all Gen Gamers crew and back when everyone was a relatively small YouTuber, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of great people and um, a lot of great memories with that. It's actually, uh, yeah, it was actually one of the first times uh, I met Stephanie, to be honest. She flew out to PAX, and that's kind of where we uh, we hung out for the first time. Really cool. In fact, GameWorks. GameWorks Seattle. Great, great times. Um, I have a couple of articles about Microsoft. They acquired an esports tournament platform, Smash.gg. Now, you, if you're in the Smash community, and I mean Smash Bros, Smash Bros community, maybe you would... Uh, Let me smash please. You would probably know that that community started out a long time ago supporting uh, Smash Bros. Let me smash, please. But it has since evolved into lots of other games. In fact, I think there's 600 different games and tournaments that they that they uh, provide. It's not just Smash. Let me smash, please. Microsoft's latest big video game acquisition is not a studio, but an esports platform, Smash GG. Let me smash, Please. Which provides organizational services and support for amateur and professional gaming tournaments. It's now part of the Microsoft Content Services Group. Smash GG said, smash. Since we started in 2015, our goal has been to build active esports scenes around the games people love to play. Smash GG smash. said, it's on its website, Today we're excited for the next step in the journey by joining Microsoft's Joining Microsoft to help strengthen our existing relationship and explore new opportunities. With this acquisition, the Smash GG community... Let me smash, 
please. And tournament organiza- organizers will continue to benefit from the Smash GG Let platform. Please. Oh, every time I say smash, it Let just it cues. I, I can't stop it. Please. I can't stop it doing that. I, it's, it's on a voice thing. Uh, while our, our team now will benefit from the additional resources and support as part of the Microsoft content services team, it wrote, for now, it's business as usual as our combined team continues to support our community and tournament organizers. This is really cool news. Uh, smash GG Let was... Smash. Was originally created to support the Super Smash Bros. Please. community, but has grown from there to become one of the most commonly used platforms in competitive gaming. The Smash GG website says Please. that it's now supports more than 600 active events and organizers across a, a broad mix of games. Very, very cool. So Microsoft is looking at the esports thing. I think that's big news, man. They're looking at that. And even though they may not be running the tournaments themselves, they're going to partner with people. They're going to bring stuff up. And uh, yeah, this is really cool. This is a good. This is good news. I like it. I like it. I thought that was interesting. That one went way under the radar. Like no one talked about it. No one, you know. And and to to most, it's probably not that big of a deal. But this is a great way for them to virtually and even in person run tournaments, um, sanctioned tournaments. I think that's big. And being a part of the convention industry in in my past, in my former life, um, I definitely know the importance of of that sort of thing. So very very cool. Speaking of Microsoft, you guys know every year they release a new Christmas sweater. And um, I say like like you knew it. I didn't know that. I saw an article saying, oh, the new Christmas sweater this year is Microsoft Paint, ugly sweater, Microsoft Paint. I go, wait, this year? Wait, what'd you do last year, the year before? I had no idea. So every year they do a Christmas sweater, ugly sweater, with a Microsoft theme on it. They're amazing. And I have got to show them to you um uh let's see it's a great time for ugly sweaters wouldn't you say yes this would be one i'd wear proudly each year microsoft takes it upon itself to craft an ugly sweater inspired by an os application or just a famous windows thing so this year it's microsoft paint inspired last year it was windows xp and the year before that it was windows 95 actually i have two screenshots Check this out. OMG. What? How cool is that? That's Windows 95 on top and then Windows XP on the bottom. Hey, guess what? I had to buy one. I could I I had to buy one. Oh fuck. I I did. I went and I, I went and I bought one. I bought the XP one. I had to have it. Yeah, they're a little spendy. They were 60 bucks. But I think it's totally worth it. And I love it. Totally worth it. Plus, they give 20 bucks of the purchase to charity. They give it uh, to uh, Girls Who Code, which is great. So I'm very happy to support that. That makes it feel even better. So yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a fucking Windows XP ugly sweater? Come on, bruh. Bruh. You know you want that. What? little quick blurb about Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. I won't spend a lot of time on this. It's something I'm interested in, and I think a lot of people are too, but the VR support is going to launch later this month. We already knew it was going to launch later this month. However, originally it was stated that they were going to launch it exclusively to the HP Reverb 2 headset, which is a headset I am, in fact, very much eyeing. 
<coughs> excuse me. And in fact, when the time comes for me to get a VR headset, I, that's going to be the one I buy. It is, it is compact. It's co-developed by Valve. So it has all the great Valve uh, assets on it, the audio, the speakers, uh, the, you know, the headset, all that sort of thing. Great field of view, uh, but also doesn't need all those cameras and IR trackers around the room to, to, to plot your placement. It uses cameras that are built into the mask. So, which is great because I don't have a lot of space to be putting up fucking things everywhere and then having it be in, you know, the full room, full meal deal. So yeah, Reverb 2 looks awesome. But however, the big news about it and why I wanted to bring this up is that they said that this is going to be open to all VR headsets when it launches. So I don't know if something fell through with the Reverb 2 or whatnot, but they're launching it with all of uh, the VR headsets. So very cool. Um, when is it here? Um, bum, ba -da -bum, ba -da -bum. Later this month, December 22nd. There it is. December 22nd. So get ready. Get ready, folks. It's coming. And that is a great segue into the next section. I'm going to just pop up the cam. Here's this nice segue into the next section. Next Level Racing has just released a new racing cockpit. This is called the GT Lite. It is a foldable, portable, lightweight simulator cockpit. And if you're watching the video feed, you can see a picture of it here on your screen, which is really nice. Now, is it going to be the most sturdy thing you've ever sat in? No. However, is it functional? Yes, of course. And what and what exciting that they have this picture on their website, and I just clipped it. But look at the picture. It is, it is of them installing flight sim controls. And it just was like, boom, yes. I don't want to spend, you know, $1,000 on another... Uh, sim rig why not just get something like this and then attach my flight controls to it and then i have just a portable lightweight flight sim rig oh, it's perfect or how about even just another portable racing rig for when friends come over or something like this makes a lot of sense this is completely portable foldable makes sense 230 bucks for this that is that is super affordable um in this world and you guys know this world is crazy people spend just as much as they do on like a, a car for some of their stuff. Um, I'm not that guy, but there's a lot of people that do. And I think this is a, a nice little portable solution for that. Plus it'd give me, it'd give me a way to put my flight controls into like a, a designated official spot. I love it down the road. Am I going to, am I going to win the lottery anytime soon? And we're going to need to, uh, we got to fix this. You know, we got to fix this. Uh, my last little article here that I have uh, in gaming is about the hacker, Ryan Hernandez. You may have remembered his name uh, because he leaked a whole bunch of uh, information from Nintendo, a lot of, a lot of their data. He leaked it and, uh, in fact, is now paying the price. He's sentenced to three years in prison following a guilty plea. Ryan Hernandez, the hacker who pled guilty to stealing information about the Nintendo Switch prior to its release has been sentenced to three years in prison. The sentencing follows the plea agreement originally proposed in January 2020. In addition to prison time, Hernandez will also be required to pay Nintendo $259,000 in retribution for the stolen information. That's a fucking chunk of change. Hernandez was first investigated by the FBI after an associate successfully fished confidential information from a Nintendo employee in 2016. So he fished information from them first. 
the FBI then requested that Hernandez stop the illegal activity in 2017. So they actually reached out to him and said, stop doing this. However, he continued to dig into confidential information in the following years, and the FBI opened and renewed the investigation and, in fact, caught him and sentenced him. That is some, that is a massive, massive deal. Crazy. Crazy. I just think about that. Insane stuff, man. Insane. <laughs> I mean, how about that smash GG, though? Please smash. <laughs> Please. Voicemail. We're going to jump over to the, to the Heine House hotline and uh, check out some voicemails that we have here. I think I've got, uh, I've got quite, I think I've got two in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think I've got one from, no, I got three in here. Let's just jump in. I know I've got one from the maniac, the Cameron, the Cameron Johnson voicemail maniac. Cause he's always representing, he's throwing down. So let's jump in here. This message here. You've got voicemail. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Give it a call. It goes right to my voicemail. You can just talk to me. I'd love to love to see what's on your mind. You can also email it too if, if you're out, outside the U.S. What's going on, Jason? This is the maniac of voicemails here, Mr. Cameron Johnson. The maniac. Um, I was just kind of thinking... Um, uh, what, uh, well, I've been on a PlayStation one kick lately. Yeah, me My too. Collecting actually to go, you know, like it was Sega Genesis. And then all of a sudden I kind of bought all the Sega Genesis games. I got, I, you know, sold, uh, a while back. And then I kind of got into Sega Saturn a little bit and Sega Saturn so expensive now that I don't know. And I'm on kind of a PS1 kick. So yes. I've been kind of hunting for some hidden gems, RPGs, etc. Was curious what some of your favorite PlayStation 1 games are. Also, maybe what are some of your favorite PlayStation 1 games that are quote-unquote hidden gems or under the radar? Maybe ones that uh, not they're not as well-known. Um, but yeah, love to have some recommendations. I'm currently playing Parasite Eve which I really enjoy. It's sort of a survival horror game that doesn't scare me, which is a rarity. Not really survival horror, but it's Squaresoft, of course. Um, so kind of a mix, I guess, of that and uh, sort of a Squaresoft RPG. But curious of your picks, maybe some of Stephanie's picks as well, favorite, favorite PS1 games. Um, hope you guys are doing great, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again real soon. Thanks, Cameron. Appreciate the voicemail. Thank you so much. It's so funny that you bring up PlayStation 1 because I've, in fact, been on a PlayStation 1 kick myself. Um, so much, man. I was actually streaming it this week, just yesterday. I was playing uh, PlayStation 1 games live and because the PlayStation 1 had its birthday in Japan. And so I picked all of the, uh, well, not all of, but a, a, a select handful of PS1 launch titles. And then I had the chat vote and we all voted to see which one I would play. And uh, we I think we played three or four different games. And I'm going to continue this as well. So if you want to see some PS1 played live launch games, or not even launch games, just, you know, in general, 
Uh, come on by twitch.tv slash the Heine house. Shameless plug there. You got to check it out. Come by my Twitch, please. Um, um, one that really stands out that, in fact, a lot of people have not seen or heard of is a game called Jumping Flash. I have Jumping Flash right over here. Um, this is a great first person. It's it's really a first person shooter, but you play a robotic rabbit named Robbit, and you have to uh, save the world, right? But it's a really fascinating game because the art style is really unique. It's 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 beautiful uh, for its time, and it's very um, over the top. I would say like the voice acting is crazy. The enemies are all like weird bugs and animals, and it's just a really awesome game. You have to collect in the first one. You collect carrots, and you collect like three or four carrots, and then go to the exit. Um, in the second one, there's a second jumping flash too which a game I, I never played. I have it, but I put it in. We played it finally for the first time live and ended up completing the game, beating the game, which is great when you collect little moo-moos and you have to save the world. Anyway, just, just look it up. It's a really, really cool game. That is one I definitely would recommend. Jumping Flash 1 or 2, and they're not that expensive, I don't think. You can get your hands on it, but I probably would get your hands on it sooner than later. I bet you the prices on, on PS1 will start to go up here, creep up shortly. Um, another one, too, in the early days, in the early 90s, you had to have a pretty strong and fully built PC to play Wing Commander games. And I remember trying very, very it, was, it was a lot of work to try to get Wing Commander to run on um, a PC. I was at a time I had a Packard Bell 166 megahertz processor, and I was able to get uh, Wing Commander to run not well, but it did run a little bit. So what was fascinating is at the time, Playing those type of games, which used full motion video, had Mark Hamill in it. Um, I'm talking about Wing Commander 3, Heart of the Tiger. That's one of my favorites. Um, but back in those days, to, to buy Wing Commander, you pay 60 bucks, buy the game for PS1 in the long box, and it played perfectly on the console, right? Totally optimized, ready to go, where it wouldn't play as well on a PC. I know, this is weird, right? This is a complete flip-flop. There was a time when these games would run better on a console than a PC because PCs were expensive and hard to get parts and the technology wasn't there yet so in 93 or 94 whenever it came out i bought wing commander heart of the tiger on ps1 and it is fantastic it plays great sure you don't have the benefit of having all the keyboards you know and the mouse control and all that sort of thing but it does work and if you get a copy of the game make sure it has the quick hint um, booklet in there there's a booklet that gives you all the hot keys and it's really helpful because with the with a joystick or controller, it does um, key button configurations. It does different clicks, like up and R two does this, and then you know all these different buttons. So make sure to try to find that. I'm sure you just download it online. To be honest, it probably has a PDF of it somewhere. So definitely want to check that. So anyway, there's a couple of recommendations for you, Cameron. I mean, there's I could do I could do a whole episode on PS one. I I love the PS one. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant console. Um, gosh, yeah, and I've been in the mood to play it too. Been going back and streaming it and having fun. People have been really enjoying it, so appreciate that. Thanks for the voicemail. Hey, Jason, this is Clava, and greetings from Fairview, Oregon. Fairview, I'm out Oregon. Here visiting my dad for about two weeks, and figured uh, I'd let you know. Um, but I have two questions for you. Actually, it's the same question, but you know, you have two answers. Uh, <laughs> my question is, what retro video game like NES, Super NES, Sega Genesis would you like? Um, remade for modern consoles, say mm. PS4, Xbox, Series X, uh, 
PS5, mm. uh, what game would you like a remake? And the opposite, what modern game would you like done in like an 8-bit or 16-bit style? That's my question. All right. Oh, man. Thank you, Cliva. Appreciate the voicemail. Damn, that's a big question. That's a tough question. Um, wow. What? Okay, modern game we'd like to make in 8 or 16-bit. Well, I think I'm going to answer it like this. I think the benefit that we have for modern gaming is the ability to have online play and the ability to have so much variety and, and, and the choices in how we play with people, right? It's not just couch co-op. So you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say something like a, uh, like an, like an, and just pick any like MMO. Um, you know, it was Minecraft Dungeons that I played and I really enjoyed. Uh, I was playing that with Steph and we had a really great time. And although, you know, it's the Minecraft style, but it's still kind of like the blocky style. And I think, I think having like, um, you know, an MMO or, you know, a game of like, you know, even pick like PUBG or something like a battle rail. I know. Oh, no, not the battle rail. Ah, shut the fuck up, Jason. No, no. Think about that. If we had like a battle royale game. And maybe it's not even like a first person. It couldn't be a first person type. I mean, yeah, it'd be kind of weird. Maybe a top down or something like that. But then have the ability to have online play you know, like Super Nintendo Online or NES Online Gaming. You know what I mean? And I think the emulators can do that. I think they have the technology to do that in the emulator, but just in, in like a real, real release game where it's online, you can play. So yeah, man, like an, I think an MMO would be great. Think about having like a, think about playing Legend of Zelda. Think about playing A Link to the Past or something, but then being able to play it online with friends. People have their own areas. They can like craft and make their own like villages and, and, and trees and crops and you can raise animals like think about that and then you could go in and battle and do things together co-op Ooh, that'd be amazing um i don't know that kind of like jump back and forth between retro and modern but that's kind of what i'm thinking for like modern stuff is being online would be really really awesome so yeah i would love to see like a battle royale or even just like a a, a team co-op type nes style of game um Old school game that we need to be remade into modern. We, hello, Wave Race needs to be remade. We need a good, proper water boat wave jet ski racing game. We have the, the best one we've had since then was Hydro Thunder Hurricane on 360. I mean, that was 10 years ago. We need a proper boat racing game. They need to get the water physics figured out and do it right. That would be amazing. I would love that. So that would be, that would be my pick for sure, 100%. I mean, that's... That, that, that's pretty, that's pretty standard. I mean, can we get another burnout too? Maybe we need another burnout. We need another one of those. You know, we just need the good, fun arcade games. Um, right now we have, we're living in a life where these games are a lot of fighting off a sneeze. These games are like a huge time sink. And that's great and good and fine and dandy. But when you get older, you start to be an adult. Like I don't have time to sink 30, 40, 50 hours, you know, into into a game. I kind of want just a quick hit, fun arcade experience at times. And uh yeah, so I think we need to we need to relive that. And it was really, you know, they're starting to do that. Come back into it. And I think that's that's pretty fantastic. So yeah, man. So Clive, thank you for the call. I I appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Fairview, Oregon. Good to see you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. All right. And it looks like we have one more voicemail here. It looks like it's from the homie Rusty. Hey, Mr. Jason, Rusty. it is Rusty Lewis or Ari Lewis 2011 to some people on the interwebs, maybe. 
I just wanted to shoot you a quick audio question potentially, but I really just wanted to share a few things with you. Uh, The first of which is just showing me some hospitality uh, when I was out in AZ, just getting a chance to meet you and your willingness to meet me and, you know, hop around to Bookman's and a Goodwill and just chat it up a little bit. Great time. meant the absolute world to me. So I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to do that and just, you know, spending a few hours of my vacation showing me around Arizona. And uh, another quick thing I did want to uh, talk about, and hopefully, you know, I don't go too long here and ramble incoherently for some absurd amount of time. Go for it. Uh, But I was listening to your recent Heine House Entertainment podcast episode, and one of the comments you said kind of just stood out to me. And, you know, I was actually playing uh, a video game while I was listening to the podcast, and I I put the controller down, I paused it, and I just, I really was like listening really intently with what you were saying. And you, you talked about having a deeply kind of insignificant voice, and I know you didn't mean it in any kind of self-deprecating, diminishing your value sort of way, but it really got me thinking and reflecting about your impact to not only the YouTube gaming community, but really just other like-minded content creators in general, and I'm not sure, you know, for me personally, I ever would have had as much interest in... Uh, a podcast creating if it wasn't for all gen gamers and particularly your presence on the show Thanks, um, over the years and you know, the, the projects that you've gone on to do outside of AGG. And so I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that you continue to be such a beacon of positivity to so many people and really just an inspiration for me, certainly. Uh, where you've been dealt so many bad cards really in the past few years with, um, you know, it's no secret, you've talked openly about this, your your health scare last year and and more recently your cancer scare. And what'd you do? You grabbed it by the fucking horns and you said, no, I'm not going to be ruined by this. I'm not going to be defined by this. And even more, you weren't going to suffer in silence about it. You know, you shared your journey with this community and that takes a tremendous amount of courage. And so I just wanted to commend you on all of that and more than anything, just to thank you for continuing to do what you love, which is clearly so evidently done out of sincerity and just a genuine passion for games, music, and community. And, you know, I told you this when we were uh, kind of hanging out in AZ, you know, listening back to AGG back in the day, you know, I always saw you as kind of this celebrity, right? This <laughs> audio engineering hero that dramatically changed the production value of AGG and you just brought such a you know exuberant great personality to the show and the crazy thing is the moment you pulled up in your car and we started browsing through Bookman's it literally felt like we've been friends for years and that's just a testament to your character and who you are and I think I can speak for me and certainly on behalf of the entirety of everyone that listens to this show that we just appreciate who you are and what you do, uh, and you really are making a difference. And going back to your comment, I know it wasn't meant to be um, diminishing who you are, but I, I think everyone needs to be reminded of how special they are and the the influence and the positive change you bring to the community in abundance. So wow. with that, I will... Uh, probably hold off on asking a question until maybe the next episode but i hope this this uh this audio comment this audio clip finds you well jason and wow. uh 
you know, I'm always looking forward to the newest and latest, greatest episode of Honey House Entertainment and certainly everything that you've been doing on Twitch recently. It's all been really good stuff. So anyways, buddy, talk to you soon. Thanks for everything you do. We all really appreciate you. Man. Rusty, jeez, man. I I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Just so much love to you and your family, man. Thank you. Thank you. I feel I feel like you get it. You completely get it. Thank you for acknowledging and supporting and just vocalizing that. I needed that. You are right. Sometimes we all need to be reminded of this, of the importance that we all have to so many people on all scales, on all levels. Thank you, Rusty. Man. I would be a broken record if I said again, it's all I've ever wanted to do was to create something that does something for others. You know, that something that people can listen to or watch, whether they can feel something with it, they can laugh, they can enjoy. And I can feel, I can feel confident and happy at what I'm doing because I never want to do anything that I'm unhappy doing. None of us do. And to be able to share this with you is amazing. And just to get a comment like that makes me feel that all the bullshit aside, that if I've, uh, I've actually done something and you're right. Um, I may have been in a, a, at a little low low spot there on that episode for sure, um, very much so. Um, so it's it's been amazing to hear that, Rusty. Man, Ari Lewis, twenty eleven, my man, Otaku Brothers podcast. Give them a look, give them a listen. They're fantastic, Rusty. You're awesome. Love you, brother. Thank you, man. Feels good. It feels good. Um, you know, as we sit here. And we round out the year. It's little things throughout your day that may be insignificant to others, but to you, it may be the most important thing ever. And it may really help you overcome whatever challenges you're facing that day, that month, that year. And for me, building community has always been a top priority. Even when I share my life and it's not understood fully. And I think that's a big part of me. I think it's a big part of the Heine House ecosystem is that I share stuff that I'm doing. I share my life, right or wrong, join me or don't join me. And I think a lot of times it may not fully be understood by the majority of people. But if you actually sit down and look, you'll realize that I'm, in fact, no different than you. I just happen to be able to somehow um, say it and express it in my own way, which, which that's what we all do. We all express things in our own way. 
And I'm just thankful for everyone who has partaked in that and jumped on the ship and gone on this sail with me. Y'all are amazing. And I think we're going to have a, a great end of the year here, a great December as we round out. I'm excited to do uh, my recap, my year and, and recap video. Um, I'm, I'm excited, but also dreading it. There's a lot of stuff that's happened, a lot of drama. But that's life. That's how we do. That's how we get through it. It's how we rise above it, right? Like you said, Rusty, you know, I grabbed the bull by the horns and said, fuck that. No, not, not going to let it get me down. And that's how we all are. That's how we all are going to be moving forward. All of us. We're going to stand together and do this. So I appreciate you all. That's the episode. Maybe a little shorter episode this this uh, this week. But you know what? It's because I went half hour longer on the last one. <laughs> Um, much love to you. Thank you for listening. Heinehouse.com is the website. And uh, if you want to get at me in a voicemail or say hi or join the Discord or just reach out, I would love to hear from you. Okay? Feel free to do so. Much love to you. Take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. All right? Bye now.